Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And stand with me if you would. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Happy 2024. Happy 2024. I love speaking on these days. I love it because it's newness and you never know what God's going to do, huh? And it is so hard to concentrate on what I'm saying with these two big ladders behind me, huh? Don't be nervous. I practice getting up and down on before I'm doing it today. Hey, if you'd open up your Bibles, Acts chapter 4, verses 19 and 20. Our sermon series to start the year, This Could Be. I want us to have a certain amount of anticipation with God. Man, this could be the year. This could be the year for your increase, for your breakthrough. Maybe you're struggling with something in your life and you know it doesn't honor God. Man, this could be your year for deliverance. Can I have an amen? It can. One foot in front of the other asking God to move on our behalf because he wants to move. But there's some things we have to do. I probably won't tell you anything you don't know. Acts chapter 4, the Holy Spirit fell. People are getting saved. People are getting healed. And people are getting arrested. So it's, but it's all for Jesus, okay? It's good, good. Um, but then we pick up with Peter and John, and John and Peter are in front of some of the dignitaries, if you will, of the Jewish culture. And this is what they say. We don't want you speaking in that name again. You know whose name they're talking about, right? Talking about Jesus because things was happening or were happening or are happening if you're reading the text. 19. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must be the judge. For we cannot but speak of what we've seen and what we've heard. Isn't that amazing? There's just something inside them saying, Listen, I don't know, but I've got to say what I've got to say. Sometimes we're like that. Sometimes it's from the Lord, and sometimes it's just from us. (laughs) Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your grace, your mercy, your goodness, and lighten us with your word this morning. Illuminate our hearts and our lives. In the name of Jesus, everyone says? Amen. Amen. Wave at your neighbor as you are seated. We are a friendly church. Thank you so much for being here again. This could be. One of the things that we believe around here is that God does move, and he moves on our behalf. Amen. And mostly what I'm going to tell you today, you probably already know, but uh, if you don't, it'll energize you, hope, and inspire you. The two ladders behind me really, really represents two ways. Anything in life that's worth going after that God's going to tell you to go after is up. That's where it's at. We've got to set our mind on the things above. We've got to reach for the sky. We've got to do all that. And we've got to make up our mind to get on the ladder and begin to climb up to where God has us. And everywhere God tells us to go is up. So it's going to take one rung at a time. But if we are to reach where he's telling us to go, it's not down. It's up. But here's the dilemma. The Bible says it's right. The the man's way is right unto them. or, Or there seemeth a way that's right in the eyes of man. So many times... What we can do is we can choose our way over God's way because it seems right. It seems like it looks the same. So we can be walking in the direction that God tells us to, and all of a sudden something stops us, and we decide, you know what? I think I'm going to start going my way. Now, this is the deal. Didn't really take a whole lot of movement to do that, did it? And it still seems like we're on the right path. But we are not on the right path. One way is God's way, and one way is our way or the world's way. Now, 
We've got to choose which one we're going to take. In 2024, I pray that God would speak to you what you need to change, what you need to increase, what you need to break through in your life, not mine. I've been praying this morning for you guys, and the whole week I know as many of you guys have been praying, God, you speak to them on what they need to be challenged with. If they don't hear anything I say, I'm okay with that as long as you speak to them, Holy Spirit, and you show them what they need to be challenged with or changed. But this is the thing. It's either God's way or it's my way. Now, don't get nervous. Just so you guys know, I have these color-coordinated down here, okay? I practiced, and I decided I wasn't 20 more anymore, and if I fell, it probably wouldn't be very pleasant. So sometimes I would step over here and kind of lose my step, but don't be nervous. This is the deal. As you have that decision in your life, at first it seems like you can kind of switch from one place to the next and not really know it. Because it seemeth right. But it's not right. But what many times we accidentally do, because of maybe a pleasure, maybe or a desire, or maybe we're in rebellion, maybe we're in rebellion, maybe we're on maybe there's been a hurt, maybe there's been a hurt that we haven't asked. There's a lot of things that could happen. What we wind up doing is we wind up going up a step, and then God's way will get hard because it will come with frustrations and aggravations. And in fact, in Acts 4 here, we see God doing all kinds of things. Man, God's healing people, thousands of people getting saved, the church is just starting, the Holy Spirit has fell. I mean, crazy things are happening. And you know what happens in the middle of that? John and Peter get arrested. For doing good. I mean, there are things, people are being healed. I mean, set free, delivered. Things are happening in the positive. But how many of us know that whenever God begins to do things, not everybody likes that? So you, you're going to have, that's part of what we're trying to, trying to understand this morning because God wants to do some things. And they begin to be arrested and they say, listen, the, 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 the leader said, listen, I don't want you speaking in this name ever again. But we can't help but speak in and of and about that name. And whenever you're doing things God's way, you will still have decisions. In the midst of everything going great, in the midst of everything happening, in the midst of success, you're still going to have to have a decision and say, what do I do? Do I stand here or do I turn around and go back? And the step to turn around and go back or do it your way is easier and closer than you think to a point. See, eventually you get up to a point to where you're high and you're doing what God's called you to do. And then you're like, you know what, I think I might like this just a little bit better. Now this is as far as I can do the split, so I'm just going to warn you that. <laughs> this is as far as I could since birth, I guess, I don't know. But what I do know about this position is it's uncomfortable. I'm not very sturdy. And I seem what the Bible calls double-minded. And the Bible says that God cannot do anything with a double-minded person. It's the singular focus that he can move through and operate. And a lady came up to me after service and she said it was interesting, Matt, because this is what I observed. The further you got up the ladder, the harder it was to move from one side to the other. The closer you get to God, the harder it is to step into the world. Oh, but brothers and sisters, the more you step into the world, the harder it is to see the things of God. The more you step into self, the harder it is to see the things of God. And I don't know about you, and I'm not even going to try it, but I'm not brave enough to make that leap. 
called repentance. I come back down. Say, God, my way is not your way. Your way is your way, and I do it your way, not my way. Then I do about face, and now I get back on my journey. But we're all left with these two decisions. What do we do? Because everything that God has asked us to do in 2024 is going to require faith, it's going to require stretching, it's going to require us making some kind of movement. And in the midst of God doing everything, in the midst of God being God, we're going to have some hard decisions to make. And here it's a new beginning in Acts chapter 4. Really, that's what the book of Acts is about. And you see men and women doing everything that they can to serve God. And I love this because it really doesn't matter where you're at. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you have it all together. Maybe you've never felt closer to God. I promise you, these two decisions will still happen in your life. But what has God called you to do in 2024? What sacrifice has he called you to make? What challenge has he called you to make? What, what, what do you need to do? Is it relationships? Is it finances? Is it um, your, your spiritual aptitude? What is it that God's called you to do? Because he's speaking to each and every one of us, and we must be in tune with what he's saying. And in order to get the results that we want, we must move where God tells us to move. But if we get caught up in one foot, in God's decision... And one foot in my decision, we can't do that forever. And eventually we'll wind up in a place that's uncomfortable, definitely awkward. Or you'll wind up in a place where you're stagnant. Because in this place you can't go up or down. You're just here. And we, this is a dangerous place, especially in the spiritual world. This is the reason why. Because this is called a lukewarm Christian. What did Jesus say he was going to do with lukewarm Christians? Spew them out of his mouth. Not all decisions I understand are salvation decisions to a degree. I think all of them are spiritual. And we do have leverage to do some things that God has given us leverage to do. Invest here, do this, go be with this. Go. I understand that. But in a world that's lost its reverence towards God. We have too many people that are comfortable with one foot in the world and one foot in God. And I want to let you know, this is, could be your year where you remove that other foot and you say, God, come hell or high water, I'm doing it your way. Because everything that you asked me to go after is above me, not below me. It's not behind me, it's in front of me and above. So here I go with both hands, I hang on. And it doesn't matter if it takes me six months to get up one rung. I'm one rung closer to where you want me to be. And one rung further away from where I was. These disciples, the apostles had the same decision to make. How many of you guys are really nervous for me right now? Yeah, yeah. I got that in first service too, don't worry about it. Trust me, I practice. And I say that as I fall, right? No, I'm just kidding. Don't be nervous. I'm not that crazy. As we look in here, we see the several things that can keep us from going either way. Fear, distraction, relationships. Listen, guys, I'm telling you, all those are excuses. 
I understand the hurts and the real and all that other stuff. I, I get it, and it absolutely is 100% true. But it is absolutely 100% true that we have a God who saves, who delivers, who heals, who forgives, and can set us on the right course. Amen? And we have to believe that more than we believe the other. And these disciples were in that position. Do you know what's going to happen to you if you continue to preach, if you continue to love, if you continue to heal, if you continue to believe in this name? Yeah, but I got to anyways. We've got to have that seriousness in our heart about the decisions that God's calling us to make. That when people look at you, they see that you're obsessed with what God's called you to do. They see that you're eaten up with it, that you have to be able to do it this way. Because this is what God's called you to do. That's what we see in Scripture here. We see with the disciples and three quick things that we see. The first one is simply this. Get to getting to. Get to getting to. Don't y'all love my vernacular? This is what I've, it's fun. I know it's probably not grammatically correct, but everybody in the audience is like, that's right, right there. Throwing a round to it while you're at it, Pastor. Get to getting to. What did God call you to get to get to? Get to get to doing that. Quit making excuses and, and, and fearing this and fearing that and doubting this and doubting that. Man, if God's spoken to you, get up, get yourself up and go do what you need to do. Quit making excuses. Don't put it off till tomorrow or next week or next year. Don't think that you're good enough or you won't be good enough or this or that. Hey, none of us are. What happens is God speaks a word to our life and we get to get into and seeing what God will not do whenever he shows up on the scene. Amen. If it's saving, start putting a dollar back and see where it doesn't lead. If you need to turn your eyes from the trash and the filth on the TV and on the computer and on your phone screens, start, quit putting it off. If you need to love your spouse and love your, love your spouse like God has called you to, serve at your job, do whatever it is in the community, step up and get after it. Get to getting to. That's the only way this whole thing begins. Forgive me for yelling. I'm not yelling at you. Get to getting to. These disciples were in the process of getting to. And they didn't care about the consequences. They didn't care who liked them, who didn't like them, who agreed with them, who didn't agree with them. Check this scripture out. Verse Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, where did the boldness come from? absolutely perceived they were uneducated and common men. Their boldness did not come from an education. It did not come from their background. See, that's what perplexed these men. Because the reason why the leaders of the Jewish culture had so, why they were so perplexed is because the way that they had authority and all that other stuff is I was taught by somebody who was taught by somebody who was taught by somebody who was taught by somebody. That's the reason why I deserve to teach. Here comes Peter and John and the other apostles that step on the scene and say, listen, I've got one name in which I preach under, and that's Jesus Christ. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, and I will proclaim with boldness his word his love his passion his desire for all humanity give the lord praise amen i'm not saying that education and things like that are not important but my goodness education isn't going to get you into heaven jesus right and that's what they were perplexed they're like man these dudes are common man uneducated yet they perceive the boldness 
See, you got to get to getting to. Lay it down to the side. Say no to it. Say yes to this. The next thing that we see in the last part of that verse, how do you get to getting to? As you start, B, it says this, and they recognize they had been with Jesus. Get to getting to when it comes to being with Jesus. If you did a survey of 2023 in your life, how much time did you spend alone with God? Of course, my wife and Mary is here to my left. And if the only relationship that I had with her, do you speak to your wife, Pastor Matt? Yes, I do. I'm driving down the road. I'm listening to some music. Callie's talking in the back. I'm thinking about 16 different things that happened yesterday and 34 more that's going to happen today. But, oh, man, we communicated. It was awesome. Why do we think we can do that with God? Did you spend time with God? Did you, did, you, did you get along with him? Did you speak to him? Well, you know, I didn't get along, but man, my heart's always talking with God. And we, we, we think that's okay and we justify it. It's not. It's hard to hear what Christ is saying to us when we got to tune out the radio, we got to tune out people, we got to tune out events and circumstances, and they're all happening at the same time. We've got to get away. They perceived that they had been with Jesus. They had set time aside and said, God, we're going to follow you, we're going to listen to you, and we're going to do what you say to do. They, that was perceived, it was evident. And if you're going to do what God's called you to do, and I'm going to do what God's called me to do in 2024, we got to get to getting to. What he's spoken to us, put one foot in front of the other and get after it. And then whenever we think that we can't handle it anymore, or maybe it's the best day of our life, we still don't put it aside and say, i got to go spend time with my creator. I've got to spend time with Jesus because he's got something to say to me. Amen? Get to getting to. You know, one of my mentors told me this as I began to pastor. He said, Matt, he said, do not make church members. You make disciples. Disciples talk to God. Church members come to church. Get to getting to, guys. Me too. But what is God speaking to you? You can do it. Be encouraged. The environment doesn't have to be perfect yet to get into. The year is 1837. John is born into the world. It's not the greatest situation, though. Born in New York City. His dad was really the epitome, the definition of a snake oil salesman. He would go from town to town, and that's what he did is hawk these things at individuals. Every once in a while, he would come home, and I guess you could call it checking on his wife and his kids, but really they were at home all by themselves, and they had to make it. Matter of fact, later on, come to find out, John's dad actually had a different family in a different town that he spent most of his time with. Now, the John that we know about today is named John D. Rockefeller. John D. Rockefeller at one point had 90% of the oil market covered in America. In 1937, worth $1.4 billion. Today's estimate, that's around, 80, or that's around $8 billion. 16 years old, he gets his first bookkeeping job as an assistant. He has every excuse not to succeed, every excuse not to build, every excuse just to sit back and say, woe is me. 
And I'm telling you, one of my downfalls, and I pray against it whenever I get in rooms or around people, and all of a sudden it turns the whole world against, oh, it's me, and the world's against me. Listen, I can hang about five seconds with those type of people, and then I'm going to say something I probably shouldn't have. Because that mentality we cannot have. We have God on our side, and we quote it all the time, and if he be for us, who can be against us? And John D. Rockefeller had every reason to walk away. Became a book, assistant bookkeeper at 16. Man, then the, the scare, the panic of 1857 happened. Of course, he went through part of the Depression. He, he went through some wars, and they asked him, they said, how in the world did you make it? And he said this, he said, I was inclined to see opportunity in every disaster. Are we going to look at the new year as obstacles or opportunities? Because God is going to call us to go up towards where he wants us to go. One rung at a time. And if we get scared and we get fearful and we begin to bail and then all of a sudden change our ways and go up our way, oh, we're going to feel like we're doing something, but we're not getting to where we need to go. Or all of a sudden we say, you know what, I think I'm just comfortable. I'm going to keep one foot kind of on my decision and what God called me to do. And I'm going to keep one foot in the world. Soon enough, we can't go any further up. This is as far as we can go. Because it really is true. The closer I get to Jesus, the further away I get from the world. The closer I get to the world, the further away I get from Jesus. Rockefeller, Rockefeller is an interesting case. This is what he said about struggle. He said, oh, how blessed young men are to have to struggle for a foundation and a beginning in life. They asked him to reflect and go back and say, what was it like growing up at that age and time? And his answer was simply, oh, how blessed I was because it was those times of struggle that created a foundation and a beginning for the rest of my life that propelled me to where I am today. What God's calling you to do is going to be one step at a time, and it's going to be way further than you can reach, and the only way to get up there is to climb. We won't fly, we won't float, we won't magically appear, will we? One foot at a time. So what do you need to get to get into? Get to get into that. Don't get to get into what your neighbor's doing. That's their business. We get to get to what we're supposed to do. The second thing, as we look in here, we see this. Choose your choice. We see in here, I mean, it's amazing, Acts chapter 4, verse 19 through 20. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And I want to encourage you, listen, as God has called you to this, get serious about your choice and your decision. Don't let your choices choose you. You choose your choices. Don't let your decisions decide for you. You decide on your decisions and say, God, if I've decided this, then I'm not looking back. I'm going to grab a hold of what you called me to do with both hands, one foot at a time. I'm going to walk up the ladder, and I shall not turn back from what you've called me to. I choose. You've spoken it to my heart. And the amazing thing is we're not alone when this happens. 
we have the Holy Spirit in our life to guide us and direct us and lead us. The reason why they were so bold in their decision choices is because the Holy Spirit was leading them and guiding them and directing them. Did you catch that part? But we cannot help. See, the amazing thing is this. When you're here, you can still help. You can help yourself. There's a certain point that you get whenever you do what God's called you to do. And you begin to walk up. And you begin to put one foot in front of the other. And you get higher and higher and higher. And to look and to make that jump back into the world, it will be impossible for you to do. In fact, it will make an awkward moment for a Christian. Have you ever seen a Christian who's tried to live in the world? It is the most awkward thing you'll ever see. They are not any good at it, praise the Lord. And all of a sudden, you'll be wanting to get up higher and higher, and you're thinking, how am I doing this? How am I chasing this decision down? How is this happening? I want to encourage you, you're not. You're empowered by the Holy Spirit. Just like these disciples, you don't understand, friends. You're telling me not to speak of Jesus because you're going to imprison me, because you're going to take something away, because my reputation is going to be ruined, because I'm going to lose you as friends. Listen, I can't worry about any of that because you got to understand what the Holy Spirit is doing in my life. I'm at a place where I couldn't turn back if I wanted to because I have to speak of Jesus. Oh, I pray in our hearts and our minds that the decision that God has laid on you for 2024, what he's called you to, that as you get up that rung of that ladder, that you look at him and you realize that I can't turn back if I wanted to. I cannot turn back around. What God's leading me to is greater than what I came from. And where I'm going is better than I could ever imagine. You don't understand, brothers and sisters. I know it doesn't make sense. I know I maybe spotted a reputation. I know this or that, but you've got to understand what God is doing in my heart and my mind. I can't help but do what God's called me to do. But until you choose that decision, you're stuck and you're split. And you will never feel <laughs> the elation of the Holy Spirit moving through you and empowering you until you get to that point where you say, there is no return. God, you've called me to this. So I'm going to go up a rung. I'm going to go up a rung. I'm going to go up a rung. Because I know that you'll be there because I am not alone. Other people won't understand it. You're trying to change the finances in your family? They won't understand why you're such a tightwad. Come on now. They won't understand why you're counting pennies. You want to give more to missions? They don't understand why you're collecting change. You want to get closer to Christ? They won't understand why you sacrifice half of your lunch hour so you can go pray and read. You want to love your wife more? They won't understand why you're buying her flowers instead of fishing or hunting tackle. You want to love your husband more? They won't understand why you're doing whatever it is that he loves and not spending it on yourself. But I'm going to choose my choice. And God, I'm going to do what you've called me to do. 
and do it with a heart of passion. Because I will get to that point where I couldn't turn around and go back even if I wanted to. And when you hit those points in life at the different situations, there's more elation than you can imagine. Because you look at how far you've come and how far God has taken you. But we, we cannot but. See, it's what we do with humility. Psalms chapter 119, verses 71 and 72. David, King David's talking. And it's amazing because we say this with humility. Now remember, humility comes from the Latin word, which, means, which, which is pronounced hummus, H-U-M-U-S, and it means to be grounded. So we do this in a grounded spirit, if you will. It was good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. 72. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Did you catch what he said? He said the same thing the disciples said. Affliction came because I did it your way. But it was okay that the affliction came because that let me know that I was doing it your way. And it was in the midst of that affliction, it was in the midst of the, the, the difficulty, it was in the midst of people coming up against me, it was in the midst of all that that I really began to see who you are, God, and how you will stand up and how you truly fight my battles. It was in the midst of all that that you began to rise up and begin to do what only you can do. I was no longer in a place where I could choose necessarily, but your spirit was propelling me and pushing me to the top, and I was doing what you've called me to do. So yeah, I was afflicted, but I want to let you know what I learned in the midst of my affliction from your law was more, worth more than anything else than anybody could ever give me. It was worth more than silver, worth more than gold, because I know when all that stuff burns up and the world explodes and gets set on fire, I will have a place in eternity called heaven where moth or rust cannot destroy the rewards that I've gained. Amen? But... It's all nice and well and good. But we got two ways to choose. God's way or the world's way. If I'm going to do God's way, a lot of times it's going to be a slow process. And we're going to feel like jumping over to the world because it's going to probably catapult us a little bit quicker. But we do it God's way. A guy in first service is like, do you have any better shoes than that? I said, these have got rubber bottoms on them, thank you. He said, well, I was nervous for you. I said, well, so was everybody else. My feet are firm, firmly planted. My grip. And I've chosen this choice. It is not something that has just been put on me. I've chosen it. And the reason why I've chosen it is because I know, God, your way is better than my way. So I will push down my pride. I will push down my flesh. I will push down my selfishness. Because I want to choose your choice. It was good for me that I was afflicted. afflicted. If you go back and read Acts chapter 4, verse 7, they ask them this question, the disciples, by what power... In whose name? 
that's whenever we begin to see that they say, it's Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified, is what they tell them. Then if you read down a little bit further, it lets us know that they were empowered in the Holy, by the Holy Spirit to speak even more boldly. The third thing is simple too. Reinforce it with prayer. Reinforce your moves with prayer. Not complaining, not whining, not wishing, prayer. Not mamsy-pamsy prayers that don't matter. We go in and we speak without confidence to a God that we think is there, that you might do something on our behalf. But rather, we go in with confidence and we start praying fearlessly. Because we pray to a God who has the resources to take care of our needs. That will move on our behalf. Acts chapter 4 verse 24. And they lifted their voices together to God. You might have to tune some people out. It might be just you and your spouse for a while where y'all link hands in the living room and you begin to lift your voices and begin to, to, to thank God for the victory that's coming to you in 2024. How God's going to move on your behalf and what he's going to do for your marriage and for your kids or your grandkids or for your job or for your career. And then I would say go out and find some friends that are faith-believing friends and go ahead and get a circle and say, hey, listen, we're going to circle up together and link hands and we're going to lift our voices and we're going to believe that God is going to do something. Amen. And if you can't do that, I would encourage you, go find a bum, pay him a dollar, quote the scripture that where two or three are gathered, he's in the midst, and pray the prayer of faith, man. That sounds ridiculous. What are you willing to do to see God move on your behalf? The widow, it was her last night that went in. For Peter, he gave up a fishing career. Thomas went to India where they believed that he was praying on a mountain and he was impelled by a spear from the backside. What are we willing to do? They'd just been arrested and said, I don't want you preaching in this name anymore. You know what can happen to you. So what do they do? Oh, we're going to preach in him again. And then they go outside and they find their comrades and they gather together and then they start praying to God. So whatever God's called you to, go ahead and lift your voice a little bit. It's okay. Listen, I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what God's delivered you from. I don't know what God's taken you to. So I don't have any right to say, you know what, just kind of calm down here a little bit. You know, maybe you need, no, listen, I don't know. But I do know that he's not done with any of us yet. So I go back and I lift my voice. So whatever God's called you to do, choose your choice. Stand your ground. And then reinforce it with prayer. On your knees, grappling before God with the things that he's put on your heart. Turn the cell phone off. Turn the distractions off. Get into a place where you can cry out to God.
Acts chapter 4, verse 31, and Acts chapter 4, verse 33. And this is where we're landing the bird. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Acts chapter 4, verse 33. So with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Did you catch the two things that they encountered? Things were shaken around them. And great grace engulfed them. What do you need God to shake up in your life? You've grown complacent? You've grown happy with being on the first rung of the dream? Or maybe the second rung? Maybe the third rung? Or maybe you're just kind of happy saying, you know, I think it's happening pretty much like I want it to. I mean, I about got my stuff where I need it to be. Pretty comfortable. Are you tired of comfortable? God, shake it up inside of me. My devotion life has been kind of stale. I mean, I know you're real and you speak to me, but I haven't really experienced your spirit in my life. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push some things out of the way and go a little bit deeper. Maybe you're trying to do what God's told you to do. And we've all been there. Because the thing that I find out is the closer I get to God... My failures are so real. Maybe you're in the position where you've got that thing that hangs on to you. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's something to do with your eyes. Maybe it's some condition that you can't break. Maybe it's something you're struggling with mentally or emotionally and you just can't seem to shake it and you know what God's calling you to do is, is there and you can see it and you know that you could get to it if you would be willing to get all in and decide, but I'm familiar with this feeling and I know what it feels like. I don't know what this feels like, but God, I know what this feels like and I know you're graceful, gracious and merciful. So God, can I tell you... Decide to your decide decision. your decision. That thing, I'm going to fight it with everything that's within me. Greed, lustful thoughts, emotional issues. Because I cannot take this anymore. What do you need to shake up in your life? And then for some of us, we just need God's grace. All of us, absolutely. But really, for some of us, we need God's deliverance. And it's time. So what do you need shaking up? Say, God, speak to me. And I'm going to choose this decision. And then, God, I'm going to reinforce it with prayer. I'm going to get to get into what you've called me to.
Would you stand up with me all over the auditorium? This is the hardest thing about these. Is you've got to make this decision. And the reality is there will be people looking at you as you walk down the aisle. But I can tell you from experience, some points in my life I didn't care. I was ready to be free from some stuff. I was ready for God to do something in my life. And I didn't care if pastor would have called a specific altar call for a 16-year-old girl that was pregnant. Man, I was getting out and walking down the aisle because I wanted God to do something. It's moments like these that you've got to decide. But I can tell you what you think everybody's thinking, they're not thinking because they've got their own stuff to sort through. So if my altar workers would come ahead, go ahead, be dismissed, and as they're dismissed, I want to release you from your seats. You need God to shake something loose in your life. You need great grace. You can't look at your neighbor. Father, our hearts are bowed to you in this moment. And we know that it's hard to walk down the altar. We know it's hard to be, to be shaken loose. But God, our hearts are bowed. And we thank you for what you're doing, God. You're putting great grace in situations. If you need to move out from your seats while everybody's praying, now's the time. I'll release you. Come down and find a prayer partner. I know it's going to take courage. You, God's got something on your heart and on your mind. And I believe that he can do something right from your seats. Maybe you just need to come down here and spend a minute at the altar. That's okay. Father, our hearts are bowed to you. And we thank you for your great grace. If two or three of you guys want to come down here and put your arm around somebody, you can. We don't like anybody to be by themselves. Father, thank you for your grace and your goodness, God. Thank you for what you've spoken to us this morning. As people come down, God, and they spend a moment or two at the altar, as they pray with the altar workers, God, they're bringing their stuff down to you and saying, God, change it. Deliver. Set free. God, set a fire inside of me. God, the fire that's set inside of me, let it blaze. Don't let it just be something that merely burns, God. For the ones that are sitting in the seats and that you're dealing with, God, and things are happening there. God, as you speak to them what you want them to do, God, let go of, increase, whatever it is, God, the opportunities that you have for, God. Let it shake loose, we pray. And God, give us all the grace that we need to walk in the direction that you've called us to. God, help us to decide what you've called us to. And in those moments, God, it's so scary and we feel so alone. Let us be remembered that we can be empowered and we are empowered by your Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for these wonderful people today. Thank you, God, for their hearts and their minds. And I pray that you would encourage them, inspire them, empower them. God, let us go out and be the light that you've called us to be. Let us accomplish and be the conquerors, God, in our life. Father, we want to go up the right side of the ladder, God, the ladder that you've called us to to reach what you want us to go to. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your goodness. Let your face shine upon these wonderful people, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, and everyone says, amen, amen. We love you guys. They're going to continue to pray. You're dismissed. We'll see you tonight at 6 p.m. Enjoy your weekend. Happy New Year. We love We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. 
Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.